Welcome to the Futurology Show with Brett. Um, unfortunately, Brett too is not here with us today. And um, yeah, he's uh, taken another day off. I am making notes of it. But uh, it's, it is how it is, and I suppose it is a public holiday. So I guess, um, yeah, you've just got to listen to me. And I, I do have a guest joining me today, so we're not totally solo. I managed to, to drag someone else out of bed or lounging around watching TV and that. Um, as usual, I always like to start the show with um, the app of the week. And this week, um, my app of the week is called Park Smart. And the idea behind Park Smart is very, very simple. Um, now that we are going into the period where all these festivals are, are coming up and we've got Splashy Fen and Sowing the Seeds and all those good things, um, and you find yourself parking in a big uh, uh, open parking area, you know, a big field somewhere, you open up the app and it says Park and Locate. Those are your two buttons that you have on the screen. So even if you've uh, overindulged or taken things you shouldn't be taking, you push park, it will locate your car, and it will actually say parked. You can write a little note if you want, like next to the hot chick in the red car or whatever it was that you saw lying around. Um, and then off you go and have fun. And when uh, the two or three days of debauchery are over, push locate, and it gives you a way to come back. There have been a few other apps like this I've seen in, over the years, but this one works really well. The accuracy was pretty good, and um, it was simple to use. So that's it, Park Smart. That's my app for the week. Uh, remember, if you want to speak to us in studio, 0861-555-189 on Twitter at cliffcentral.com. Get us on Facebook or WeChat. Um, it would be quite interesting to see how many people are actually listening live today or they're going to just be podcasting later or tomorrow when they, when they remember the show was on today. That being said, um, I have got a guest in with me today who I'm going to introduce now, but I want to carry on waxing lyrical a little bit longer. I have Greg Hack here from um, Hack Media, and uh, yeah, Greg, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good, man. Nice to have you here. Um, we will we'll be coming back to you just now, but I thought, let me introduce you, seeing I'm sitting in the studio on my own, and that way, if you've got something to add or you've got a story you want to ex- extend uh, on what I'm saying, um, you know, we can we can, you know, just feel free to jump in. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is the new Apple range of products and or software updates. Um, last week, Apple did something a little bit unusual. They launched hardware, which they don't normally do until September. Normally this time of the year, it's all about software. It's about the enhancements and debugging. Um, but amongst the software mixes, they actually launched two new pieces of hardware. The iPad is not something we didn't expect, but the phone was definitely uh, something that, that wasn't expected. It's been rumored for a while, and we thought they would still hold out till September. So let's start with the iPad. For those of you that have seen the iPad Pro, um, I have no idea what they were thinking there. I mean, when I saw it launch last year, it's, uh, I think, nearly 13 inches of tablet. Um, it weighs pretty much the same weight as the original iPad, which in its day was cool, but after experiencing the iPad Air, um, it's quite heavy. The sound and screen and all these other wonderful things were awesome, but if you were going to carry around a 13-inch slate, then you might as well just carry your MacBook around. I mean, that was the general sentiment that seemed to be coming from it. And I think Apple Apple saw that and realized that. Also, they've been cannibalizing into their own market as well. I mean, the bigger iPhone 6 Plus and 6S Plus are now starting to eat into the iPad market. You don't need to carry an iPad mini and a 6 Plus. So they needed to do something. Um, so what they've done is they've now launched the new iPad Pro, which is back in the form factor of the 9.7 inch, which is the same as the iPad Air. Um, but they haven't sacrificed any of the hardware that was in, in the um, iPad Pro, the original iPad Pro. So that's quite exciting. Price, pay, uh, price point should be uh, palatable for those people that are used to paying for an iPhone uh, or an iPod, iPad, sorry. And um, time will tell. But I do think that that market might be coming towards the, the end of its time. The other interesting thing, which has been a lot of, um, uh, a lot of speculation, is the new, they call it the iPhone SE, which is basically the iPhone 5, um, for those of you that remember the iPhone 5, but with iPhone 6 uh, hardware and specs. 
The only thing they really left out on it was Force Touch, which is available in the new iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, which is really cool. Um, but also, on the same note, they have listened to their market. A lot of people have been upset about these bigger phones. They wanted something that slips in their pocket that they can forget about, good battery life, good graphics, etc., and processing power. Um, and I do believe that uh, the iPhone SE might just answer that. Um, They've also brought it in as the cheapest iPhone that's ever been launched. I know all the all the haters out there are saying, yeah, but it's still like three or four times more expensive than some of the Android equivalents there. Um, but that being said, I really do believe that uh, it will do well. Um, then on to the software side. So they did the update on, IO, uh, on the Apple, what's it now? Are we on 10X uh, El Capitan. Um, it was a much needed update in my opinion. I had picked up a couple of issues that were causing conflicts. So I have done the update. It seems to be running really good. So anyone out there that's sitting on the fence, the rule of thumb for Apple is quite simple. Wait till you see a point three. So it's like 9.1.3 or 8.1.3. Once they get to the third version of their update, you pretty much know you're good to go. Um, all the feedback from the first, first version's been, been addressed. The second one is when they try to fix it and still didn't get it all out. And from three onwards, you're pretty good to go. So I do recommend that you update if you haven't done already. Just one word of caution, guys. In South Africa, our internet is not great. Um, so to try and pull down a three or four gig update, which is I think it is what it is, do yourself a favor, take a clean flash drive into any Apple store, and they will load the update for you at no charge. And that way, you don't have the issues of having a machine crash and the inconvenience through, you know, being halfway through its update. The other thing that they announced was Watch 2 OS. So for all of you that have an, uh, an Apple Watch, um, there were a couple of things that weren't necessarily working well. A um, little bit buggy, but I mean, again, it could be expected. It was their first version or first uh, foray into the watch or wearable market. Um, 2.2 is out. It works really well. I've updated. I've had no issues. Um, the main reason for the update, though, was to to help with the health program. Um, they've included a lot of health, health apps. Um, and for those of you that use your watch to link to Discovery for your Vitality Wards, I definitely recommend it because it will give a lot more accurate feedback to them, which means you get more points. Um, so that's pretty much it for, for the world of Apple um, and its reviews. I mean, you can obviously go online and have a look at the other things. Um, then I want to address my favorite pastime, which is Netflix. Uh, you really know when things don't work properly when you have uh, long weekends. I mean, we've had four days here in South Africa, and uh, Netflix have finally done good by their threat, and they've stopped the VPN blockers. For all of you that have been sitting there watching or trying to watch the overseas version of Netflix, I mean, it is here in South Africa, but we all know which evil force is behind uh, the fight to stop VPN blockers. Um, it's not working at the moment. So there's nothing wrong with your system. There's nothing wrong with your modem. I've had a couple of people contact me and say, do I need to change settings on my modems, etc., etc." You don't. Uh, you'll notice very clearly on the Netflix message that it says, we see you using a VPN or proxy block. Please turn it off and try again. And obviously if you do that, you're not going to be able to get back to the American site. There are a couple of workarounds, guys. Um, <laughs> I was saying to Greg earlier, off air, I'm going to be selfish on this one, and I'm actually not going to share the one that I found, purely on the basis that I would hate people to. St- I-, I would hate Netflix to find the one that I found and turn it off. But if you look hard and you go to the forums and you you do a little bit of googling by page three or four, uh, you should find what I found. Um, I'll give you a heads up. On the Apple TV, I haven't come right. So this works on PC, um, or, and it doesn't work on smart TVs either. So you need a, you need a computer or something that's linked to a screen to get these workarounds to work. Uh, but don't touch your modems. Don't change your modems. It's really not your modems. But on that note, I don't know if this is now maybe a, a gauntlet that we should be laying down. And I'm, I actually think I tagged anonymous on one of my posts. And I said, you know, isn't it time we take Netflix and everyone else out on the basis that we're a global village. We buy online. We shop online. We order stuff from all over the world. We have parcels traveling all over the world. Um, but Netflix happily taking our money for our, our monthly subscription, but uh, going on the same hand and, and blocking the use of VPNs. 
in my opinion, what they're actually doing is they're encouraging piracy. So when the big movie houses out there want to fight piracy, my argument is go and look at the guys like Netflix and Hulu and HBO Go and all these other wonderful streaming services and say to them, hey guys, stop with the VPN blocking. Let the people watch the content. You've paid the money. They've paid their license fees. And we can all enjoy what's out there. Um, I honestly do believe that piracy would go down and downloading would go down if we were given the choice. Um, so it's just a thought, you know, put it out there. Maybe it's time that the big movie houses stop with these rights that they negotiate when they start giving country rights and over the top rights and uh, streaming rights, just sell the product to whoever wants to distribute it and let us all enjoy it. I mean, I know Greg, you're in the, you're in the media industry and then I'm sure you probably could weigh in on something like that as well. Thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, at the end of the day, it's about, um, about the licensing and um i think sometimes it comes down to um you know signing up um, movies with different uh, groups and it's all about the money i guess at the end of the day yeah it is about the money but i mean this is what i'm saying i'm happy to pay the money and there are millions of people out there that are happy to pay the money um it's not like we are downloading and as far as i'm concerned if netflix has got a deal with, let's say, I don't know, MGM for a movie or HBO for a series, right? They've done a deal that says, we have paid subscribers. Every time someone watches your piece of content, we'll pay you X. That's the deal. I mean, it's not rocket science. So what difference does it make if that person's sitting in Antarctica or sitting in Atlanta? I mean, it really doesn't make a difference. Both people are making the money. More importantly, the people that actually earn their living from making the content aren't going to lose their jobs. Because money's coming in. And that's the part that frustrates me. Um, I understand rights. But rights were, rights were put together in the days when we had bloody bioscope. You know what I mean? When they used to ship a reel on, on an ocean liner somewhere and it arrived here and we could watch the movie. I mean, I, I remember, I'm going to give away age here, but I remember when anyone, when I was at school, when anyone's dad or mom was going overseas on holiday or business, all we asked for was the top of the pops uh, cassettes because that brought music that we weren't going to get for like six months okay now with youtube and everything else we get stuff in microseconds from release i mean nanoseconds so i think it's time that that industry evolves you know and people that make stuff you make content to protect your content you want to make your money yeah i think the world's changed i think uh that some of these companies um, haven't changed with the world. Like I remember, you know, when we used to have DVDs and they were different zones, and it would be, you know, in the in the northern northern America zone only, and um, it wouldn't be able to be played in South Africa. And I think, like you say, it's a it's a global world, and it should should have open doors for everyone. At the end of the day, we're not we're not saying we want it for free. We're paying a lot. We're paying for it. Correct. Um, and I think that. You know, things should change. Otherwise, it's just gonna, there's gonna be a tipping point sooner or later where people just take, take it in their own hands, which I guess a lot of people are doing. 100%. And that's exactly what I'm getting to. I'm putting up my hand here and saying, I'm happy to pay my eight bucks a month. Okay. But don't get cute and don't stop me because all that's going to happen. And you know, the other thing as well, I, I'm, I know I'm banging on Netflix, but that's the main one. They said, I think I read an article a while ago that they're going to do about 600 pieces of made for netflix content okay so that's their focus they're not looking to buy content anymore they're becoming a content creator and they make some really good shit i mean they've got oranges the new black is theirs they did narcos um there's a marker i mean they got some really good stuff i don't have to name and and carry on the point is i guarantee you that after that has hit netflix within hours it's available on any torrent site anywhere in the world so if you make it available I'm happy to pay my $8. I don't have to torrent it. Come on, wake up. So I I think I'll leave it there. That's the message that I have. But I've just really noticed it because, you know, I was sitting at home and wanting to do a little bit of binge watching and bang, this VPN blocker came up. If I'm going to carry on moaning, and uh, it's a public holiday, I shouldn't be moaning. Um, I didn't have such a pleasant experience this week with one of the cell phone companies. I sat down today thinking I would name and shame, but I'm actually not. People will probably figure it out. And I, it probably runs through all of them. But the bottom line is this is what happened to me. I use a BlackBerry as an email messaging device. I've, I've used it for many years. It works. It's great. And the, and the nice thing about it as well is it's actually affordable. You can pay 57 Rand a month 
and you have unlimited um, emails and I think about up to two gigs of data and so on. So I recharge, and it's a page you go, and I recharged uh, on the 24th or whatever it was of last month, like I do every month before, and within three days, I'm offline. It's gone. All the stuff's gone. All my data, all my connectivity. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I've been doing some extra downloading. I've gone over. I recharged again. Within three days, it's gone again. So now something's wrong. I then switched my BlackBerry. I was very fortunate enough to be given the new BlackBerry Priv to play with, and I must say, and probably a discussion for another day because I don't want to equate that device with a moaning session, but uh, it really is an awesome device. I mean, I said to the guys when, they, when we went to the launch that, in my opinion, it's their last shot and they've done an amazing job. It runs pure Android. Um, the slide out keyboard is fantastic, which gives you full real estate in your screen, but because it's Android, the the uh, opinion or suggestion that I was given for my money disappearing was that I'm now using Android. I'm not using the BIS system. So three days later, boom, I'm offline again. So I thought, okay, put my SIM card back in my trusty old passport, and another three days goes and my money's gone again. So it's four times in a period of three weeks, which is impossible. So I walk into the store. I speak to the guy. He types in a USSD string into my phone, and <laughs> Here's the kicker. So it comes up that I'm subscribed to a service. So let me at this point just clearly put it out there. As someone who specializes in mobile and mobility and consults on this stuff, I do not click on subscription services. I know, one, they're a waste of time. I know, two, how hard they are to get out of. And three, I'm just going to waste my money on it. But the real kicker for me is the subscription service that I was subscribed to for one rand a day was gospel. Now, the last time I checked, I was a nice Jewish boy. I've never going to listen to gospel. I'm not going to subscribe to gospel. And I actually said to the guy in the shop, if it had been porn or something like that, maybe. But gospel, not a chance. Okay. So he jumps on the phone. He phones head office. And here's where the kicker comes in. Head office has no recollection of me subscribing to any service. I'm sitting in the shop. I'm looking at the computer. It's showing me that I am subscribed. And I've been paying one rand a day, which now explains the, the drain of cash out of my account. But... Head office has no idea. So, as I said, I was going to nail these guys. Um, it's probably the same with all the networks. So, the message to you guys is, please, do yourself a favor. Go into a shop. Don't waste time phoning your head office because you're going to sit there and listen to some parrot-repeating person that has a little piece of paper that says, if client says this, then answer that. Because that was the frustration I had with them afterwards. Um, and they recorded that call. So, guys, you know who you are. You're welcome to phone me and challenge me on this. I, in fact, I welcome it. Um, but then we will talk about the name of your network. And um, the I, I really suggest you go into your store and you go and go up to a kiosk and say, please, can you type in the string or the USSD number that tells me what I'm subscribed to? Have a look-see. And if you're not make sure you get out of it because your money is just going to be disappearing. And I, I bring that up now more than ever because with Autopage handing its book over, um, for for those of you that don't follow it, but Autopage is basically closing their cellular company. And if you are an MTN, you're being moved to MTN and Vodacom and Celsius and so on. So there's a big transition that's going down. This is the time when things go wrong. This is the time when the frustration levels are going to go up. And this is the time when you might start noticing things on your bill that probably shouldn't be there. Um, yeah, so I, I, I've just got a message in here. Um, I'm finally working on a holiday. All my mates that always, always moan at me for being Jewish and taking, taking off all the non-Jewish holidays and the Jewish holidays. Well, you guys are sitting relaxing and I'm sitting working. So there we go. I think my slate's clean for now. Um, right. So I want to get Greg back on here because we're going to talk about something that I think is quite a cool app. Um, that he's developed. And I'll, I'll let Greg take you through his story that. But before I get on to that, and it's probably quite relevant to today's topic, I don't know if you, in fact, Greg, l let me bring you on here. Come back online. Did you know that Facebook has a media center in New York? No, I didn't know that. Okay. So this is quite interesting. I was doing some research and prep for today's show. And um, they have what they call a media center. And what the media center is, is actually to teach celebrities and famous people how to use Facebook. They, they invite them to come in. So they did it on the guise of live. Have you come across Facebook Live? Okay, so Facebook Live, for those of you that don't know, is, is like video messaging. But it was originally only available to invitees only, hashtag famous people or celebrities. 
So the idea behind Facebook Live was that they could now start sending messages out, and it is available to all of us. But they they brought people into this New York center to show them how to use Live, like before it came out of the beta. But while they had them there, they actually said, by the way, do you know you should actually be doing this and this and X, Y, Z on, on Facebook, not the way you're doing it. And they actually had some pretty famous people going through their stores. And why I also I, I made a note of it is that when you've gone through the, the media center in New York, one of the traditions is to sign the wall. Now, if anyone's come here to Cliff Central, we've been doing that for ages. Um, you know, we sign our walls. Yeah, the wall's full of cool names and celebs and, and cool normal people as well. So it was just something I came across. So on that whole big long intro, Greg Hack, I welcomed you earlier. I'm welcoming you again. Uh, Thanks. A company man. called Hack Media, correct? Yeah. Take us through. What is Hack Media? So, um, you know, I started a, a, a media business in 2003 um, with a, a partner from Varsity, and um, I sold. I sold to him, and uh, in 2010, it was primarily a, a production company with photography and video. And then what happened was. Um, Fortunately, I won the green card in the lottery, one of those things that come up on uh, Facebook where you say type in your name and, you know, put a, hun- um, a couple dollars in and uh, hopefully your name gets pulled. And um, I hate you and I'm going to stop you there because it's actually free to enter and you saying you paid to enter. And now I'm wondering if that's the reason why I haven't ever won it because I've always gone the free route. But uh, yeah. Okay, carry it's on. actually, it's, I think it's one in 25 South Africans that win it. So it's, it's pretty high, um, with the numbers. Um, and I went to go live in the States and uh, try to make it happen. And, uh, you know what? Um, it's not always easy on the other side. You know, a lot of people say, say, you know, you've got to get out of here. You've got to, you know, this is not the right place. But at the end of the day, you've got to do what's best for you and your family. And, uh, what we did is we went and I had uh, one of my best friends lived there and we, uh, we, I lived with him for a couple of months there and, uh, you know, try to make things happen. And there were some good things about it that I can remember. So those are the good things. I mean, we don't so, hear the bad so things. Was, I've known was, enough today. I'm a photographer by trade and I managed to get uh, some work with Victoria's Secret and I got what? to, to photograph Adriana Lima, which is very special. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Let me tell you. Uh, there we go. There we go. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we lived in Chicago and it was a, a great experience. And, um, you know, my, that's a cold city, huh? Yeah. I mean, that it's a beautiful city, but hell, that's cold. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a great city to live in. It was like New York without, uh, without the mess, you yeah, know, that's how I describe it. It's a fantastic city. So, so we were, we were there for a bit and, and then I came back, um, and got married and, uh, hold on a second. Okay. Duncan, you might even need a way in here, but he worked taking pictures at Victoria's Secret and came back and got married. Which, I mean, which part of this is wrong? Well, apparently uh, not. <laughs> I, I must tell you the one, one of the shoots, my girlfriend, who's my wife at the time, she wanted to come and see what was going on here because she couldn't believe this. I thought you were going to tell me that your girlfriend is now your wife was one of the models yeah, that yeah, you were yeah. shooting. <laughs> she probably is. Yeah. So she came along and she had a look at it and she saw it. It was all kosher. It wasn't uh, anything, um, you know, out of the ordinary, but it was good, good fun. And okay, uh, but one last thing. How much Photoshop actually happens? I mean, I'm not taking away from your skills as a photographer, but please just make us normal men, you know, feel better. I honestly got to tell you that, that Victoria's Secret models are another level. Like, you know, there's beautiful women and then there's Victoria's Secret. And I can't explain to you how beautiful these women, these women can be. You know, not, not as beautiful as my wife. But, but, you know, they really are beautiful. So smooth, eh? So no, smooth. I've got to put that in, you know, otherwise I'm not going to get dinner tonight, eh? No, other things you're not going to get as well <laughs> unless you put that in. All right. So, I mean, you went there, you tried. The grass is not green on the other side. I mean, that's a cliche, but, yeah. you know, it, you're back. So, the learnings from the States. I mean, that's obviously now helped evolve your company to where we are today and what we're going to discuss. All yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I learned um, in the States and coming back here is a network. And, you know, you, your network is so, so important. And that's one of the, the key things I learned in building a successful business is is knowing people out there and not thinking that you can do it on your own because you can't. 
So, you know, that's, that's really what, what I came back to. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to get back and get back into the space. My partners, um, moved on and they, they did, they were doing their own thing. So I decided to, you know, get involved and find the best people I could, um, to come and join me. And we all got together. We've got a great, great team now and we're based in, in Waverley, um, just opposite Melrose Arch. And one of the things that was in my mind, being in, in photography for the last 15 years that a lot of people keep telling me is like, you take all these photos of all these people or events that we do, and where do we find the photos? How do we get the photos? Because let's face it, people are really lazy today, and they just want a button or an app or something to push to find what they're looking for. And if they don't find it in five seconds, they say it doesn't work. I agree 100%. Yeah. So, so what we did is, you know, we... We put together some smart, smart guys, and I found the best app developer in the world, definitely by far, a guy called Darren in Cape Town. And, you know, he asked questions that I didn't even have answers for. Hold on a second. You said best and smart and Cape Town. Uh, sorry. I know. Hey? I know. Please I, tell I, me he's not from Cape Town originally. You know what? I think he's not from Cape <laughs> there Town we originally. Go. Okay, redeemed. Yeah. But he's, he's living the life there, and he's just had a baby. So, muzzle tough. Yeah, to muzzle tough, yeah. But, he was um, actually going to join us today, wasn't he? Yeah, he was going to join us. That's a cop out. A baby. I mean, really. Nah, you let me know? tell you, you need, you need yeah. a, a first baby, let me tell you. Yeah, but you tough, see, eh? Cape Town, anyway. So, um, you know, we spoke to a whole bunch of app developers, both in India and South Africa and all over the world, and he was the one person that asked the questions that no one else was asking. So, you know, we partnered with him and we built uh, an amazing app um, that basically is called My Face Finder. Okay. And how that app works is um, you upload photos and you create albums like you would with uh, Facebook and that kind of stuff. But the kicker is is it's got facial recognition embedded in it. So what you can do is you can choose a profile photo um, on your login and as the albums get uploaded and you get a short code to access those albums, it will automatically find the photos of that, uh, that, that links to that profile photo and pull it into a separate folder. So it really allows you to filter photos. And that's the one thing I think, I think people really are looking for is they're looking for some easy way to source all the photos from the events. And you look, I'm not saying that, um, that this app and this technology is not out there. Um, you know, there is facial recognition out there for photos on your phone. But this is the first app of its kind that I can find that you create albums for events and then, you know, upload those, those events and, and then I'm um, in the cloud and then you're able to source photos and it does 60,000 images a second. Okay. So let me just stop you there a second because I think what we need to also do is just clarify for the guys mm-hmm. listening. Um, you've used the word event and you've used the word uploading photos. And I think this is where the sexiness comes in. I think that's what intrigued me about um, having you come in and chat to us today. Because again, we're in that period of time now. We've just come out of holiday time. We're going into the, you know, we're in the new financial year. So there's now events and companies are having parties and there's all kinds of cool stuff going down. My understanding was one of the main underlying things behind your app is that it allows you to actually help auto-manage the events um, from a facial point of view and the tagging point of view as well. So I think if you can rewind a little bit or take a step back and also just take us through that journey as well because I don't think you're doing it just in the sense of saying, oh, it's just, you know, it takes it to the cloud and the others out there. I was quite intrigued about the fact that I could go to an event and I go to quite a lot of events. I mean, I get invited to a lot of the media events and a lot of the, the cool launches and that. And um, I'd love to find the photos. Um, that I was in, or even more importantly, I'd love Facebook to tell me that I was in an event. And I want to talk about the security issues of that as well. So I think just take us through the mechanics of the app as well. As I said, it takes the photo, uh, the step by step and how we would use it. Yeah. So basically what it is, it's for, um, professional photographers like myself and people out there and event organizers that want people to use social media to communicate their events quickly and uh, more accurately and you know create a buzz so for example the comrades marathon if there's photographers that are taking photos of the comrades marathon you upload um, your photos into an album and all the people that ran that comrades can get a short code from the photographer like it's a it's a six digit special unique code that you type in once 
just once to join the event. So that it allows, so it's a closed group. So you basically can only access the photos if you've got that short code. So it's not for the public in a sense that everyone can look for your photos. Cause you know, at the end of the day, it's not like Facebook. It's basically closed group albums that you get permission to look at those photos if you were attending that event. Okay. So I'm going to put a scenario out there just to make sure that I'm following it. Yeah. I've been to, um, a few events where they've had like a photo booth where you go there and then you can like take some props and you take a picture and then they write my name down or my email address down and I'll get an email with either the image, um, or a link to the image. Okay. And I'm glad you said it's not, it's, it's a closed group because the first thing that concerns me is obviously privacy. Um, I don't want a photo of me up on someone's Facebook page, um, that's maybe linked to an event. For, for various reasons. I mean, I could be a brand ambassador of a product and then I'm at someone else's event. It's not going to look very good for me as an example. So you're saying this is not necessarily about Facebook and Facebook, but more about the eventing side. So like you use the comrades. So let's go back to my photo booth. I'm going to event X. Um, there's going to be 300 people there. Okay. Um, there's a photographer running around taking photos or am I taking the photos? No. So there's, this is a professional product for professional photographers okay. that get to take their photos. So for example, a wedding. So say you go to a wedding and that wedding photographer is taking all the photos at the wedding and on the table there's a short code that's saying to find your photos, go to myfacefinder.com, register and type in the short code. And basically the photographer uploads the photos into that album and that album is only you're only able to view that album with the short code given to people at that event on that night. Ah, oh, okay. And then people can download the photos or share them. And, and you've got the access to share them or download them. And when you download them, you can, it automatically downloads the high res version. So there's two kinds of photographers out there. There's ones that charge on a day rate or an hour rate. And there's guys that charge per print. Okay. And, the photographer that I am is we charge on a day rate or an hour rate. We don't charge per print. So this the people is, still print anyway. I mean, yeah, like you know what? You get these photographers out there that that have got their business model where they charge per print and they'll give you the print and they won't even give you the original. Yeah, now I've come across that. Or you can buy the high-res uh, DVD for an astronomical amount of money anyway. Yeah, and that's yeah. how they make their loot. But okay. at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to offer a solution to people out there and make their lives easier. And I believe if you can bring something to somebody and make their life easier, they'll pay for it. Okay. And and that's something we can do. I mean, I'm just thinking um, out or, or the, one, of the, one of the biggest industries that I'm trying to get into uh, and – you know, we still, we still working on it with, uh, with our partners is to get into the cruise lining business. I'm going to stop you there. This is cliffcentral.com. Okay. I just wanted to push that button because I felt like it, but it's so funny you bring the cruise in show because that's exactly where my mind's going. So I've just got off a cruise. Okay. I was on a cruise a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the haters are going to hate. I'm going to wait for the little daggers to start flying through. Now, my wife, God bless her, spent a fortune on the simple reason that it's that tangible feeling. You come into the main area every minute or every day, and there's these huge, huge walls. So for, for people that haven't been on a cruise, you've got to picture a shopping center on the water. Um, uh, it's just massive. And when you get into the main area of the boat... There's these like walls. They look like shelves, actually. Greg, you've been on a cruise, I assume. So yeah, yeah, I've been on a okay. cruise. So you've got these like these big walls or shelves um, filled with photographs. And they're you. You'll see when you're walking around the cruise, everywhere you go, I mean, you could be sitting taking a dump and there's probably a chance that as you come out the toilet, there's going to be a camera. I mean, they are everywhere. It doesn't matter. In fact, the only way you find that out is when you look at this wall and you go, shit, I didn't even see someone taking a picture of me there. I mean, these guys are snappy happy. They make the Japanese and Chinese tourists look like they don't even own cameras. I mean, they are everywhere. But what happens is you walk past this wall, right? Now, you're a dad. I'm a dad. you got this really cute picture of your kid. How do you toss it in the bin? They've got this. It's already printed. It's on the wall. And behind you is a bin that says, if you don't want the picture, throw it here. I mean... You just can't actually take a picture of your kid and throw it in the bin. It's it's just not possible. So 
Bazinga. I mean, they got you. And then, of course, you flip it over and it's $20. American, $20, eh? Yeah, not Zimbabwean. $20. Um, and a very cute little sign that says, the more you buy, the cheaper the pictures get. Because they got a record of it. You know, it goes to your room number. And this is day one. It was a nine-day cruise. So it can become quite expensive. And, you know, I was looking at the wastage factor because come the end of that cruise, whatever photos are there get put into bags, get taken downstairs and shredded. And I, I, I try to get cute. You know, I like hovered around there. I'd, we, we'd put all of our photos together um, like in one spot. And I said, okay, so do you want to do a deal now? And they were like, no. You know, and they took the, the whole wad that we didn't take and they disappeared. Yep. So tell me where you're thinking is in that because I think that's a fantastic opportunity if, if, if you can get around that tangibility side of it though. Yeah. So, so let me, let me do this. If any, you know, you obviously can't see us, but this is the, what, what our picture that I think the cruise lining industry is going to be is that they have space at the bottom of the, of the boat where they produce the photos and they put all the photos up on the walls and stuff. And that space is expensive, really expensive real estate. So if you could turn that model around where you could connect, we could create the software. Darren, my good friend Darren, can create that software that people go into their room, into their cabin, and the photo that's used for your ID card on the boat is the fa- facial recognition photo that's used. And what we can do is we can select the I'm photos. I'm going to stop you there a second. My cruise didn't have a photo. So I don't know how that affects the model. But uh, carry on with the journey. I'm just, okay. just to give you some so, feedback so there. Cause we, say, we, say we use a, your passport photo. Okay. So yep. so what we do is when the person goes into the cabin every morning, there will be an alert on their TV and it will say, Hey, Greg, listen, there's 15 new photos of you and your family. Would you like to view them? You pick the photos with your with your smart TV, with your remote. Yep. And you say, I would love all these photos and I want I want them printed this size and this is the price, and it comes off your credit card, and it gets room dropped at 6 o'clock at night. Therefore, you don't need to go downstairs to look at the photos on the walls. That means the space available at the bottom of the boat is no needed, not needed anymore, so that the photography business that, say, the Royal Caribbeans, whatever, they don't need to pay the price that they're paying for at this stage, and there's no wastage because you're printing for what? What people are asking for, not the other way around, where you're just printing and hoping that people buy it. I, I look. I mean, we're sitting on a technology show, mm-hmm. so if it has screens and buttons and that, it's obviously yeah. the way I want to go. Um, I'm playing devil's advocate here because yeah. I, I think I think you're on the money. I really do. Okay, um, and I've been on a couple of cruises, and it's the same. And you you do buy the pictures, but the wastage factor always sits there with me. The second thing as well is that I want to be able to share the photograph. So if I have a digital version of it, I can share it. Whereas if I have a printed, so I mean that would spin off from your, your model as well. However, that being said, the, the fact that they stick it in your hand, you can't really not take it. Whereas if it appears on the screen, and I'll be honest with you, I think I turned the TV in my room on once. If you told me to, Sure. I don't know when the last time you were, you cruised, but they now have these social networks on the ship where you can get the app and the app runs free. Um, you don't need to be connected. There is Wi-Fi, which you pay for, but to use the ship app is free. So it's going that way where they'd be able to ping your device and say, you know, Hey, Brett. Hey, Greg. Got three photos, et cetera, et cetera. Order now. And you, you could, you could do everything you needed on the phone. So the mechanics are sound. I'm just wondering if my wife would have bought the photo she bought. If they weren't in her hand. In other words, you ask me to drop $20. I'm like, yes, like it's 300 Rand for a photograph, you know? Um, but it's in your hand. You, you're touching it. Whereas it's just a picture. Eh, okay. I'm not sure. So there's definitely, I, I think it's a great idea. And I can actually see where those go into so many different markets as well. So many different more opportunities from there, which brings me to the question then on your app as it currently sits, which you, you, you know, you've said it's for eventing. It's for professional people. What's the money model behind it? Um, so the way I've, I've built it, um, you know, with the team and stuff is we've looked at models out there and we have kind of created a Dropbox hybrid model <laughs> where basically people, uh, pay for Dropbox and you're paying for storage. Right. Now this is storage with facial recognition. So for 2000 Rand, um, for 12 months, you get seven gigs of storage, um, and, you you get 10 events so 
so when you upload the photos, and we, we're going a little technical here, but when you upload the photos, the photos have got a resize tool um, on the on the on the software that resizes the photo three thousand by three thousand. So it's like a one one and a half megapixel image. So it's still good enough for print, but not good enough to blow up A5 or, or A or A4 or something like that. So um basically it's it's Dropbox with with the facial recognition. And the kicker is is that once you open up the albums and the 12 months is up, you've got the option to download all the albums you've created if you plan to close your album or you upgrade to the next uh, package which is obviously more um, uh, for more storage. And the thing is is being an event organizer or professional photographer once you buy into you know uh, the package it's very hard to stop paying because all your clients are using the app to view their photos of their wedding and of of their experience or of their race and whatever and if if uh, you know if you do decide to cancel your membership or with us then the photos won't be there anymore so your clients are going to get super pissed so it's well, they're going to get super pissed at the event anyway. But uh, you're doing yeah, yeah, a different yeah, yeah. type. <laughs> but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's almost like you know, once you taste the milk, you just can't say no. Because yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm the same with Skype. If Skype ever turned around to me and said, "We're going to start charging you five bucks a month," I'm going to pay because it's exactly that you've given me something, and now you want to take it away or charge me for it. And and um, last week's show, I was talking to Dennis with my virtual assistant. And he said the model's going to be a monthly payment. He's between eight and twelve bucks a month dollars. Um, I'll pay, okay, because I've used her. Um, it, it's the best eight or twelve dollars I can pay to get meetings set up without having to worry about. It. So, I think I, I think it's a fantastic model. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, you know even here at Cliff Central when we do our events, it's definitely we need to get you back in and let us use it. But here's a question that I, I was just thinking about it. So. During the week, I'm clean shaven and all those good things. On long weekends and nine days at sea, I don't shave, which means I have that good old Marlboro man uh, growth coming out of my face. I might change my hairstyle. Have you factored that in? Um, yeah, so I must be honest with you. The facial recognition is not 100%. I would say it's like 85%. I mean, I'd get it. I'd really ship myself to start seeing Obama's pictures popping yeah, yeah. up on my... So you know. there are a few photos here and there that that come into your album or your catalog that aren't you. But there's a button that we've created that just says, that's not me, takes it out, and it doesn't come back again. So it's, it's, it's almost using um, human interaction to help you you know, build on your albums and, and create your, your, my face finder albums within, within the album. And at the end of the day, um, it's going to be far easier using this than, than manually sorting through photos. Like, we, you know, we just came back from an event now. We just did a two week event in Dubai where we took eight guys from South Africa and we were taking, you know, 2000 photos a day of, of, Two and a half thousand people at an event for for two weeks. So the amount of photos that are getting churned up and sent in and uploaded into the cloud and stuff is phenomenal. So we need to find ways to to find find ways in which to to find all these photos and the photos that are relevant to the people and find them quickly because you know what you only you, you're only hot on the event and you only you're only as good as your last job and you've got to look for an edge and being a photographer and being somebody out there people are looking for the next best thing not just taking photos you know like a couple of years ago photographers would take photos and they would say to the client listen you know I'll get the photos to you in a, a week later and that would be fine I've been waiting months for some photos as well. So. But at the end of the day, in the corporate and the wedding market and stuff like that, people want their photos that night. Yeah. You know, and if you can't deliver, um, you know, we do an event uh, that's coming up next next month uh, called the J.P. Morgan um, event. There's thirteen thousand runners that run through Johannesburg, and their fo- our brief is to get the photos edited and uploaded to the cloud within two hours of the event finishing. And that's the, that's the, that's the kind of deadlines and, and what they're looking for at the end of the day. And if you don't want to, you know, you know, deliver on those, you're not going to get the work. Do you, do you have a, a, a plugin or an API that's available for Facebook? So if I was, if I was running, let's use JP Morgan. They've got a Facebook page. I'm pretty sure they'll create a gallery called JP Morgan run Joburg 2016. Do you have an API that would plug into that? 
Not yet, not yet. Is that in the pipeline? Because I, I think that's the it's next. It's on the table. It's on the table. There's Come a lot. Tell Darren to stop uh, breastfeeding and uh, <laughs> start designing. Look, it's something that we have spoken about. Um, at the end of the day, we want to just, you know, take one step at a time. And, you know, everyone talks about the success stories, but there's lots of failures in, in, in businesses and, and we're just trying our best to just take one step at a time and just get it right so that, you know, when we're ready to go and we, you know, we're out there, we, we're delivering and getting the right product to the right people. 100%. No, I think that's a good philosophy. We're getting towards the end of the show, but uh, I, I know you have another app, which is quite interesting because I've actually fallen prey to what it is that it's trying to solve, and it's uh, my Fuel Finder, correct? Yeah, yeah. Fuel Finder. Fuel Finder. So, so Let's have a quick chat about that because I said I, I've definitely fallen victim to, to what it is that it's trying to solve. So Darren created this um, app called Fuel Finder, and in the first week, we, we had over 10,000 downloads. Did you do any advertising or… Well, right now it's um it's it's just a, a an app that's on the App Store um for free. Both and, app stores, Android yeah. and iOS. Yeah. And and really it allows people to find the closest petrol station um to where you are using Google Maps and things like that. And we felt like this could be a great opportunity for rental car companies to come on board with us. So we're in talks with them. And what what we're seeing is that, I don't know if you've rented a car before and if you've taken the car back with half a tank. That's where I fell, fell. That's it. And they charge you. Yeah. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to eliminate that by be, being able to send a message to the rental um, client um, say two hours before they bring the car back because th- that's the time that they, they estimate it to come back and say, listen, the closest petrol station is 50 meters to the left on your road. Um, why don't you fill up so that you don't get penalized when you bring the car back? And that A, eliminates um, an extra service uh, fee for the for the client and, and B, also eliminates um, getting more staff to work at the rental car companies to go and physically take the car and get it filled up. So all they can do is just get it valet and get it back on, on, the, on the, um, the rental car floor to get the car rented again. And, and that, that kind of service or that kind of mindset allows us to, to be quick and to, um, you know, to, to come across with a good product that helps people get, um, get, um, get things done. Now, you know, again, I always go back to the commercials. You just said it was a free app. It makes sense. It plugs into Google. Um, but surely the opportunities must lie with the petrol station. So, you know, if, if uh, and I, I, where I got bored was Cape Town. I was going to miss my flight. I don't know Cape Town. So I just jumped in the car and I drove and I'm looking for a petrol station. I'm looking for a petrol station. Before I know it, I'm now off the highway turning into the, the, the airport parquet. There ain't no petrol station. And it, and it was quite a fun. Um, I mean, they put a they put a, quite a big charge on it. You know, their, their liter price, let's say, is way more than what it should be. For sure. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people fall foul to that, and that's where you said you got the push notification. That, but if you, it's one thing to help the um, car rental company, but surely there's an opportunity now for like Shell close to the airport to come on board, and then you is there room to be able to push specials or. I yeah. don't know, get a free power when you, when you pull so in or. That's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the petrol stations on board because the thing is we've got the numbers, um, with our app and we could say to them, listen, if you want more, you want more information about your customers, um, and what they're doing and who, who they are and where they are, wouldn't you like that to be able to make better decisions? Like we can track the cars to tell the petrol stations that, you know, from A to B, there's no petrol station in, in, in that area. And that's a great location for you to put up a new petrol station. Yeah. Or to give them, um, statistics on, you know, how many people, you know, diesels prices are different all over the place. That was my next one for diesel. So, it would be awesome. So we, we be able to give the audience information to make their lives easier and save money and to be able to give information to the petrol stations so that they can make better informed decisions because at the end of the day they're looking to you know to be better than what they are and always looking for the next thing and if uh, you can get better information to them to make better decisions it's a no-brainer so i mean here's here's the negative part of it and maybe you've thought it through i drive a diesel car um and for me obviously i have the choice i can go and find the right petrol stations and i know who they are and where they are to say, and you can save a lot. I mean, you can go up to a rand a liter between Santon and Fourways. Yeah. You know, um, 
And in the days when short code was the big thing, you could send a text to da-da-da-da and it would send you back diesel prices in your area. And then that just petered out. And I don't think it was because of, of SMS versus app. There was no reason why they couldn't go app. The problem was information. I mean, you used the word just now. How would you get that? So as as the Fuel Find app stands at the moment, you can't provide me diesel pricing, then I assume, because you would need each individual petroleum station to give me the, give you the pricing, correct? Or is there a way that you can actually get that information Look, without there, their participation? Yeah, you know, there's there's data out there that you can you can fish for, and you can you know create code that picks up all that information and gives you the price and updates it on a daily basis. But the next phase that we were thinking of is even creating a payment system where you could pay um, for petrol um, and. Um, allow you to get even a better price because you know like the margins of of payment with credit card and debit card is you know there's not a, there's not a lot to make but there is you know is something there but i mean you could create a, a qr um, code where you could pay for petrol um with with the app rather than using your petrol your your visa or mastercard Look, that's a discussion for another day i, I gone down that fintech road a couple of times and to go up against the banks when you start playing on that little holy grail of payments it's a it's a slippery road uh, i'd be very interested to see how that plays out for you but you've got to push you've got to push no 100 percent you'll never seeing know. it um you know but there's also the the cons that come with it and you know like to be everything and every to everyone is not always the right way with apps that's I, it seems to be a problem with apps at the moment that i'm coming across when i do my research i love the fact that i could find a petrol station and especially I mean, I would assume that 90% of your users, the people that have downloaded that app, are using them 800 k's away from their homes, you know, because they're in areas they don't know. Um, I'd love to see where that kind of information on diesel was made easy for me and it would just ping, or even if I using location-based service, imagine you're driving down the road and your phone pings and it goes, did you know that the petrol station you just passed you three months in a row has had the lowest diesel price per 20 k's? That kind of thing would be very good. And I think that's where we're going because this always-on, always-information environment that we live in um, lends itself to that. And the adoption of smart devices and onboard and in-car. In um, but, I mean, yeah, I, it's definitely something we could, could, we could continue uh, for another show. But uh, I am getting to the point where I need to wrap it up. Um, so, I, yeah, I thank you. And um, I don't know if you've got any concluding comments. The, the website to get the – Look, the face finder, as you said, is professional. I mean, that, that they'd find you as Hack Media and they get there. I must say, Hack, by the way, that's such a cool name in this modern day and age. Um, but, uh, you know, so you just go and search in the stores. Or, yeah, so if you go to myfacefinder.com okay. um, and you register, we actually offer a free album for the first album because we want people to try it out. We want people to say, you know what, this this really works for me. And you can play around with it and see what it's all about. And then thereafter, there's the, the payment packages. But at the end of the day, we would love your feedback. We want to create products that, and services that really um, make people's lives easier. And, and at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. Sounds know? good. Greg, thank you. Thanks for your time. And a lot. Uh, yeah, until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.